Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. We were both first class coming out here. And, um, dude, I've got a bad back. And so the reason I fly first class is because I'm a big dude. I don't really fit in even a premium economy seat. So you don't right? like Spirit Airlines either? No, no. <laughs> or Frontier. <laughs> what a joke. Um, and so, like, the seats have gotten tighter and tighter and uh-huh. tighter. And so they... It's not what they say. They say more legroom. 11% more legroom. They lie. And they say we're getting wider and wider and wider. Yeah. <laughs> well, so here's the situation is that, like, it was either make he, it he just, or... He just said it's because you're getting fat, dude. Well, I know. I could have told you that. I'm not saying okay. that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there's only so much I can do about it. There we go. The problem is my legs are too long. It's not that I'm too necessarily wide for the seat. Now, the two people sitting next to me, they were too wide for the seat. That was super uncomfortable because I was in the middle. And I look, I can even deal with that. Like, I don't have a problem with that. This dude takes his leg and he puts it over on my side underneath the seat. Uh-huh. And so, like, now, the the one thing the doctors told me I cannot do is she said, look, you cannot sit with your knees above your hips. You have to sit with your knees below your hips or you are going to be in tremendous pain. It's going to cause you to lock up. You can't do that. You have to keep your and, – and so this entire flight, I was sitting crunched up like I was sitting on the toilet. Right, man? It's terrible. Squatty potty. Yeah, do dude. Do you squatty potty? Oh, man. Do you squatty potty? Those things are or pretty you cool. Just, you sit down and you lay the legs out like that? The the uh, the squatty potty is it a tall toilet or a short toilet? It it's a tall toilet, but then you're not you're not. Well, I guess maybe you're not eliminating you. as you should. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying like your your legs aren't your legs are going to be like <laughs> you got to prop yourself up. I mean, I, at least I do with a tall toilet. We gave away squatty potties for Christmas gifts one year. Really, freaking hysterical. Did your staff appreciate that? Oh, they thought that was we, we, it was a gag gift. Yeah. Oh, I got my, my made it around. All my gifts are gag gifts. My. Like, <laughs> Yeah, all your no. What you should have said is all your gifts are a joke. <laughs> <laughs> However, you want to phrase it. <laughs> nice. Um, you just gave poor old Nick a wonderful joke or a, a gift there in the last podcast. You just and, and like I could see you. This is all going to come out over weeks. Like I'm just gonna, saying it. it just, gonna, nobody's going to understand the reference. I didn't say they would understand the reference. He has a technician. Well. Had a technician. Had a technician. You know, I, w- I sent you the list of things that people hate about podcasts, and inside jokes was on the list. Well, you're the one who made the inside joke. Maybe, maybe people just hate you. They didn't say me. That and you know, I on think, the list. Inside I think with the inside jokes. joke thing, it's it's the familiarity factor. Is yeah. podcasts are relatively new. We don't know the nuances. I don't know his life story like the your yeah. AM your AM radio guy. 
You know, you grew up with that guy, right? Right. I mean, you knew everything about that guy. So if he gave an innuendo, you knew about that because he it happened to him in 1978. The the popularity of everybody having a podcast, I think, has is relatively new. It was 2020. Everybody started a podcast in 2020. Podcasting has been around for 15 years, right? 20 years now, right? Right, but yeah, but. Yeah, now everybody's got a podcast. That's why Literally I did radio because there's like, to. who is going to go look at a podcast right now? It's like, okay, yeah, I can start it, but I'm like, uh, yeah, I, they still were paying me to do terrestrial radio, so it's like, okay, as long as you're paying me, that's it, that's it, we're good. You do radio? I did. You I do, stopped oh. a couple. That's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that's when, there yeah, you go. I did, did did a 10 year tour of duty. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, what fun. kind of was was it our like, NorCal Auto Talk? Oh, okay. Was nice. it calling? Yeah, uh, we t- we took some callers. We we of course pre-screened them after we got a couple of tinfoil hat guys with Chevy Vegas. Oh, no. oh man, there's I, I, I should get you some classic calls and send them to you because you would just pee yourself laughing. They are so funny. Oh, dude, what like that Nick from awesome. Brisbane? How you doing? Hey, Bill. Oh man, I listen to you every week, man. Just y'all, I can't tell you how many times you've bailed me out, man. It's like, hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Oh, I got okay now. My 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 my. 82 citation, right? I'm like, oh. <laughs> you, you're feeling the lifeblood just right? oozing out of you. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. It, you know, I, I changed the distributor. Okay. And, and then I changed the spark plugs. Okay. okay. What are you trying to solve, Nick? Well, the, it just doesn't have the power it used to have. Like, All right. <laughs> and I'm like, Nick, you know what you need to do? Well, what's that, Bill? I said, YouTube, Bubba Cooter. You need to go find Bubba Cooter. They're down there in Alabama. Is that they a know. Thing? It's a, it's a, is that a thing? I'm looking at you because you said Bubba. I just assumed. Oh, thanks. I, I, <laughs> thanks. I, I, I coined, you talk about inside joke. I coined the phrase, anybody that was on YouTube at that time doing automotive, I called him Bubba Cooter. Because oh, okay. they always had a good drawl. Yeah, and right. they're always from down south somewhere where yeah. they had more time and beer than they had common sense. Okay. And they but, fix stuff that you're like, why did on, you on, even bother? So, so, yeah, the 82 we, citation. Oh, yeah, we could turbocharge that thing well, right now. Right. Well, that's right. Run good. Pull them heads off there. We get them ported out. Oh, my gosh. We can get ourselves 185 horsepower. 190. <laughs> that's, that's good for a citation. Um, exactly. So you're, you're from – introduce yourself. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Bill Adams from Adams Auto Works in California. Where in California? San Francisco, well, San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. Yeah, we got three shops. So it's conceivable that a citation is still driving around. And- oh, you – yeah, of course, and it probably only had fifty thousand miles on it. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, we see we see stuff. They would rust it out in my. Of part course, of oh yeah. yeah, and we wish they would. But yeah, they, yeah, we we've priced ourselves out of most of you know in our shops yeah. where it's like you've got a what? Oh, good, good for you. I got I got a place you can take that to. Right. <laughs> we just talked about that with Cecil. We right. we recommend people Ooh. that we don't like, and we give them their number. <laughs> really oh yeah <laughs> so we have um I, I don't do that we don't work on anything older than 99 so if they come in with a 97 or an 87 they're still around mm-hmm. we there's a shop that used to be my neighbor he he's not going to do a dvi he doesn't have a process right he fixes what's broken and he his scale, he used to have a much bigger shop, but so he's got an old Sun lab scope machine in the corner. Yeah. He doesn't do scan tools. He, he has them, but he doesn't do them. It's not that, what he plays yeah. with. Yeah, I get it. And so that's who I send. He's a great guy. 
pretty good mechanic. Great guy. So 87 El Camino that you need somebody. Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your parts tech account, go to my shop and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. To work on? That's who I send them to. You bet. Love the guy to death. But he'll work on that E7 El Camino. I will not touch that E7. There's no reason. Yeah. 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 If you're doing any sort of production repair, there's no way. If if, if, If you're running a shop... Yeah, and and I, you know, I just if, if you I, got a hobby shop or you're you got a job and you like to fix that old stuff, hey, God bless you, right? But yeah, but he, he's he's to the point where he's got the overhead is is turning the lights on, yeah, in the, in the space, and that's Great. it, and that's what he likes. He to do. He doesn't buy equipment. He's got a couple of guys that work for him, but I mean, he, he everything's paid for at this mm-hmm. point. He's not buying anything new. He's not, and he's not investing in technology and training and all that nonsense. He. What he's doing is he's tinkering, and you know he makes he makes pretty good money. He probably good. pulls in a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, we we've got two local shops, right? And and one of them he handles all the old stuff like that. That's what he wants to do. That's what they want to work on. They work on a little bit of everything, but that's that's what they're focused on. And then we've got another shop that handles the performance side of it. So the guys who want to build a car, and I just send those things right on oh, down yeah. the way. That, and that's no great in because I always try and teach my team. We don't say no. They're calling us because we're we're Nordstrom. Yeah, we, they they're calling us because they got a problem and they found out we're the best. Okay, and usually in our neck of the woods, they have that old car because they got it from Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah. Grandpa went to be with Jesus, right? And they had a bus pass before that, and yeah. they don't have two nickels to rub together. It's right. not like if you had an '87 car back where you're from. Yeah, that's because you had it in the garage. Exactly, it's a whole different animal. Out where yeah. we're at, well, Grandpa had it, and can I drive it? Or I got my eighty, I got Grandma's eighty-eight Toyota Camry. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's only got three hundred eighty-seven thousand miles on it, but it's <laughs> it's in great shape. Grandma took good care of it. Yeah. And you're like, great. I got a shop for you. Right. Are but you looking? Are you looking to? Are you looking to drive this as an A car every day? Well, yeah. What'd you drive before? Well, um, I'd like to know if I can get this running. Like, <laughs> so you, you know that they, they need an ultra-budget shop. So right. we know a couple ultra-budget shops. Like, you know, you're yeah. right, no DVI, yeah, very, exactly. f- very few tools. 
they will, you know, you got to blow an upper hose. In, in the They're, Bay Area, is ultra budget mean? What, what does that even look like? Under 150 grand a year. Yeah. In income? Income for the owner? But they're doing a million no, and a half. No, no, I'm talking. They have to charge three hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> I'm asking if they're like uh, on the DL, like, like, hey, you have to ask for Bob. You got to knock six times, and then he'll take you to his back. There are shops behind my my A shop, my big big shop. Uh-huh. We got a guy back there. He runs a chop shop, and it's in the back of a little industrial complex, and he has no street signage. And yeah, it's you got to know somebody to yeah. come in. Yeah, yeah, he's back there. He'll. You know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. There's, no, there's no bar light. There's no beer of automotive repair license. There's no insurance. There's no nothing. Yeah. Right. And he probably has a spider tattoo on his, you know, somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, How would you know? <laughs> I, I see what rolls in other sometimes. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, so tell us a little bit about you, right? A lot of our listeners don't know you. Tell us a little bit about you. Are we recording? We've been recording. We've oh, never excellent! Not recording. <laughs> excellent. Um, I grew up in the automotive. <laughs> the 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 uh, the speeches. I grew up in the automotive industry. Yep. I was uh, literally born into it. My dad was a Vietnam vet, and uh, when mom said the rabbit died, he had to get a job because he was a corpsman in the uh, in the uh, Marines, and he can't quite support a family. So yeah. he came from Pennsylvania out in the, the oil. He worked in the oil rigs before he came out here to California, mm-hmm. and then he uh, decided to get a job. He started fixing uh, Volkswagens and Porsches back in the 60s. Really? And then he started you know, buying gas stations, fixing cars. And I remember eight years old, pumping gas in the old gas station. And uh, we were at 82nd and MacArthur in Oakland, California. And for those of you that don't know, that's the hood. So <laughs> I am the boy from the hood made good. And uh, we, uh, I grew up in the business at uh, 18 years old. I had you know, worked as a mechanic as a before we even knew what it was called a service writer because right. i knew how to talk and i could actually tell the people what's wrong with their car and i was the 18 year old punk kid that would interpret what the mean mechanics would say right and help uh, mrs jones understand how to fix her old buick yeah and that we did great had a little three bay gas station we were freaking killing it and at 18 years old i swore that i would never come back to the family business as a lot of 18 year old young men yep full of themselves yep. do and at uh, 30-something, uh, I got a call from my dad saying, hey, you want to buy the business? And I went, oh, heck no. Right. I was, had a good tour of duty with um, I was Sears Tire Group. I was our national training director for a bit. Um, did a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun things in the automotive industry. I worked for another major tire concern. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to go back to the gas station. Yeah. Ugh. So I went up, took a look at it, and you know, I had the time. I had three kids, and I was traveling all over the country. And okay, you know what? Time to settle down a little bit. So I ended up buying it in uh, 2002, and we had a good run there. We ended up uh, six years ago. Uh, we moved from that location after we had bought and sold a couple other shops. Um, built a went from a three base place that was our killer shop you know we we're doing you know we we're doing a million and a half million six yeah remember cecil would come in here he goes i have no idea how you do this out of this <laughs> poop hole and he i don't right. even think he used the word poop right. but um we did and we had a team of five and we just freaking killed it had a ball and then we moved and got ourselves a real shop yeah i mean the only spot in this town now in california you hear it is the prc the people's republic of california whatever you hear about it 
It is. David loves the PRC. It it is. It is true. And uh, I have pictures. Um, It's a, it's a whole different animal. So I'm one of the few people that are left because everybody that had common sense and money left, I figured, okay, well I'll stick around here and turn off the lights. But um, we bought this beautiful shop. That was the only good shop in our town. Okay. And I'd want this shop since I was forever. I mean, I grew up in this town. Like, oh, yeah. one day I had to go down. I said, "Hey, old owner," I said, um, "I'm looking for a new place to play. You know anybody that wants out?" And he goes, "Ah," uh, and a hand comes up real slow. And I went, "You, you ready to retire?" And he goes, "Yeah." I went, "Okay." Ninety days later, we moved in. Oh, that's completely. Awesome. And this place was built in 1947. No original paint, no original nothing. The internet was dial-up. Yeah, only six years ago. Okay, I mean, holy cow. Okay, okay. All data was still on CDs. It, it, it was, it was, it was really a picture. And right. you know, they were, they were killing it. I mean, they were doing you know seven bays. They were doing you know solid seven hundred fifty thousand. Um, <gasps> there were uh, four technicians, and I'm like, how do you guys freaking eat? I know, right? I'm like, oh. So you know, my team were like, okay. And we interviewed their team, and it's like, hey, guys, I got good news and bad news. Good news is we're going to grandfather you all in. We'd love to yeah. have you. You know, that'll give us a team of six. We got a, our office. We got, you know, service writer. got me. got got a person that uh, we call it the estimator that writes up all our stuff for us. And they're like, okay, so what's the bad news is? You got to be here at 8 o'clock to start work. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we're going to expect if I'm going to pay you for 40 hours, you're going to have to produce at least 40 hours. Yeah. Two of them quit right there. So it's like, all right. okay, all right. Because, cool. I mean, they'd never yeah. done more than 25, 30 hours a week. Yeah. Ever. In least in everything that I saw. So I was like, okay, all right. Um, so we went in there with a team of four and started looking for people. And our first year there, we did just like 2.6, 2.7. Okay. And we grew it up. We ended up buying another building next door to it and milled added more space to it, built a really beautiful office, kind of like what Cecil's doing here in this place. Yeah. And so we had a dealership quality um, customer reception lounge. We, in the, the month before we opened that place, we completely gutted it. I found a contractor, a buddy of mine from church. I said, hey, I need you to pull off the impossible. He goes, what? And I took him down. I said, I need you to strip it, gut it, rewire it, plumb it for, for, plumb it for uh, electricity, run the electricity, lights, floors, and then we got to put internet in. And he goes, and so what, three, four, five months? I said, a uh, week. <laughs> he said, what's the budget? And I gave it to him in a paper bag, and he goes, oh. Sunday morning, my CFO and I, we walked in there, and our pastor come down, and he says, let me pray for you guys. I said, oh, Lord. Right. Monday morning, 530, we clicked on the lights, praying that the internet would come on, praying that the right. computers would turn on, praying that all this would work. It did. We got into the day. I didn't replace any racks because they had these Nussbaum racks. I'm like, okay, German Nussbaum, ah, right. good stuff, yeah. You know, had an old FMC alignment rack that was a little sketch. I'm like, mm, where'd you find that thing? 1971. Right, yeah, that's been yeah. years. Oh, the CRT, the cathode ray tube had to flicker and then come on. I was like, okay, that's got to go. Week one, out of the seven lifts, three of them snapped with cars on them. Holy nice. cow. Just broke. 
and their cars are sitting there going, ah! you know, they're all laying there. And everybody that's ever had that happen, you're like, yeah, yeah. it's an oh crap moment. Imagine three of that in the first week you're open. Oh, and then the alignment rack gets stuck with a car on it on one jack. Holy cow. And go try and find a FMC repair manual. <laughs> yeah. Good uh-huh. luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had, to, we had to do some mechanic in that day. And uh, we finally got that thing down. So, yeah. In the, so, in the first uh, couple months, we ended up replacing all the racks. Um, new alignment rack came in there. It was, we, we uh, really rocked and rolled. And a um, couple years into that, that store was really moving and grooving. We um, wanted to grow the business, have a um, Cecil, uh, what great Cecil story since we're sitting in yeah. this building. When I get in this building, Cecil, I remember the first time I heard him, I used to do consulting, used to do training back in my unwashed youth. Mm-hmm. First time I heard him was probably uh, t- yeah, 2001, two. I think he just really started out as he just moved out of Larry's auto repair. Yeah. Knew who he was, kind of a local legend. Heard him do his first training gig, and I walked up to him and I said, Who's your, who are you and how did you steal all my stuff? And of course, you know, Cecil, what are you talking about? Right. I said, I used to train this. I said, this is my gig. Yeah. He's like, huh. So started our friendship. Right. So he was the only guy that I knew in the industry that could kick me hard enough. Yeah. And hold me accountable enough and squeeze me enough to make me move. Yeah. So when we walked into this place, I'm like, oh, poop. Because, I mean, I spent dollars that I didn't have I leveraged everything I had because I, I had to yeah. move my shop. I had to save my team. I didn't want to lose my team. I was kind of, I, I was like, screw it. I'm all in. Let's yeah. go. I, you know, I was like, okay, I can go back and do consulting work. I, can, I had other options, but I didn't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. Right. So I called Cecil. I said, all right, get your fat butt out here. And he came out and he looks at it. He goes, okay. All right. And a month later, he sent me a 100-page manual. Right, how, how to run the shop. How to fix the shop. And I knew what I was going to read. I already knew. Yeah. And I looked at it. I got to page four, and I literally threw it across the room and just you know, smashed. And my, um, my number two, she looks at me, and she goes, that bad? I went, I just walked out. Came back about an hour later. I picked it up. I, I said, give me a month. He goes, a month? He goes, takes people a year. I said, give me a month. Right. What was, what was on page four that pissed you off? It was just all the stuff that we've heard about for years on how to get your process procedures in place, how to sell properly, how the look, texture, and feel of your shops have to be. If you're going to truly be successful and make this a business yeah. and not a job, there's, yep. a, there's a process. Absolutely. And those of us that run the process, guess what? We have businesses. Yep. Those of us that don't have crappy jobs. Absolutely. That we delude ourselves into thinking they're businesses. Yep. So, and that's the Cecil process. He goes through how it looks, who our service advisors are, how they're talking, how our technicians are, what's our DVI process. And that time it was, you know, brand new kind of. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that actually wrote the original red, yellow, green motorist right. assurance program stuff 25 years ago. Yeah. When that first came out, I was, yeah. So I was like, I knew this stuff, but I was right. like, I was so freaked out about opening up this big old monster shop. That you weren't. He's like big thing he told me was um you can't fail he said if you fail you're you're cooked you are right way over your freaking skis i mean he scared the living crap out of me 
and he kicked me so hard. And I'm like, all right. A month later, we had that boat on plane, and we haven't right. looked back. And now we've got three stores. We're looking at a couple more. Right. Um, we're talking with folks all over the country on how to, how to do this a little bit better. Right. Um, unfortunately, I'm talking to a lot of guys in our industry right now that are in their sunset. Yeah. They've, the group that made it through COVID are a tough, tough group because there are a lot of them that said, I'm done. And they just, yeah. they just quit. Right. Um, I picked up a shop in 2000. Did you do that? You just quit, walk away? I'm sure you could. Yeah, and do you know what they? You know what else those guys do now in the morning? Welcome to Walmart. That would be the perfect job. For That's David. not bad. It's. I don't. I don't know if the welcome to Walmart, but welcome to Costco. I love you. Yeah, that's <laughs> different because uh, I remember one time is right when we opened this store, and I was freaked out. I yeah. Mean, five kids, big house. I couldn't fail. If I failed, it was bankruptcy. It was, yeah. we're yeah. going down. Yeah. And I had, you know, great team that was with me and everybody got paid really well. Yeah. And right. uh, it's like, wow, okay. So um, <laughs> I'm like, man, maybe I should just say, forget it. And just, I'll go do something else. Yeah. I'm going to take a step back or two or 10. <sighs> All right. And I go over to Walmart one day and I'm not a big Walmart guy, but it was pouring cats and dogs. Cats and I mean, to, and we're in from California. I mean, the yeah. one day every year, right? Rains, exactly. Right? You know, you guys back in North Carolina, it's like we call that Thursday, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, for us, it was like you know one of your good old fashioned Southern uh, thunderstorms, right? Where it's right. coming down in buckets, you can't see. You know, Bob in front of you, two feet. And I'm, I'm driving in the parking lot, and there's this old cooter out there. He's probably 75, 80 years old. Got his yellow slicker on, and he's pushing shopping carts. I'm I don't like, want to be that. I'm like. I'm like Damn. Damn. And I'm just looking at this guy going, man. And he's, you know, all of probably five, five, and he's hobbling. And yeah. I'm like, oh, oh. And sure enough, I go park and I go inside and he's just pushing the carts inside and he walks up. He goes, hello, sir. And he hands me a cart. Welcome to Walmart. And I went, I just looked at him and said, God bless you, man. Yeah. And I vowed that I would never be that guy. And I would vow that every guy that I talked to in our industry, I would say, don't be that guy. Yeah. You don't have to be that guy. What, what was it in the business at that point in time, right? I, I know Cecil gave you the manual. What was it? Was it that the shop was struggling financially? Was it that the shop had problems? What, what was it that you were going through? We were at the point. That's a great question. We were at the point where you get where the owner, business owner, who was also the Chef, cook, and bottle washer. Yeah. Or the celebrity. Everything revolves around him or her. Yeah. They're the hub. And what Cecil told me is, if you're going to survive, it can't be about you. Yeah. You have to create this team. And he says, and what, what he really kicked me with, you know this. You've, yeah. You've taught this. You've preached this. Why do you think you're better than everybody else? Oh, man. And I was like, oh, why do you think you're better than everybody else? Yeah. Another good friend of mine, Greg Bunch, he looks at me and he goes, are you going to be okay if it's not your name on the door? Right. I was like, oh, ouch. Okay, turn to the right, kick me again. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And since then, it's been like, all right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So it does not have to be about me. What, what was the first step in solving that, though? 
trust letting people bang their shins and bloody their toes a little bit. Yeah. Um, letting them fail. Let them make the mistake. Knowing that uh, you didn't have the money to let them fail. Right. And it's like, oh. But you know, now I've got, I've got, I've got a team that is well, well, well represented. One of my, a um, couple of my greatest moments, um, first woman to ever be named Ratchet and Wrench's Executive of the Year was my, um, COO. Really? Yeah. Melissa back in 2019, I think it was. Wow. Yeah. We had just got that store opened and I made her our COO. I said, Hey, I need this. Basically I'm stepping back. Let you line, line it up, get it done. She also was our estimator at that time in the industry. Hardly anybody had what was called an estimator. Right. Cause we figured out, I think it was another Cecil thing, but it was a, it was kind of a epiphany moment. Great service advisors suck when they were called to be parts people. Right. And great parts people, oh my gosh, they're awesome. But they're terrible salespeople. Yeah. Yeah, now, for sure. Can they suck it up and do a great job? Yeah, they can, but only for a period of time because then their life blood starts to ebb out of them. Right. And, and I mean it's a tough job to do both. And we try and and we'll dig dig into deep into what you know, what we're asking some of our service advisors to do. We want these folks to do a million and a half, million six. Yeah. And then we wonder well, why didn't you get that estimate written out? That car was here at 8 o'clock this morning. Mrs. Joan wants her brake job. He hasn't had lunch. He hasn't been to the bathroom. He's got three other people. The phones have been ringing off the hook, and he had to order all the parts. He had to sit on the phone with a stupid warranty company, oh, and he had to call the Honda dealer and wait for them to pick up the phone to get a stupid part that we couldn't get from the local jobber. What? And we want him to do what? Yeah, and I've, I've talked to David about that before, and, and like, hey, am I asking too much of my service advisors? Yes, because we're we're pushing them that hard, right? And we expect them to provide that that service. And and one of the things that I've seen is when we push them that hard, that reflects in how they act with the client. That uh-huh. that reflects in the experience the client gets. So tell us a little bit about this estimator position. I mean, what what is it that they do, and how do you find somebody like that? Let me let me ask you guys a question. Y'all like basketball? I don't. This dude. What, what was Phil Jackson known for? The triangle offense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we looked at it in the triangle offense, two service advisors versus one estimator versus the shop where it's all symbi- it's all a circle. Everything works in a circle, but the sales, pe- the service advisors are salespeople. Okay. First thing you have to do is understand that that person is there to do one thing. That's to solve customers problems. Okay. That means they're going to sell them something and they're going to sell them to your shop. Yeah. They're going to sell solutions to their, the customer's problems. They're not going to, if they're going to be top line superstar service advisors, which we all want them to be, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to be good parts people if you hire the right people. And right. I know a lot of people's heads has probably snapped, but yeah. stand back and look at it and really look at it hard. What are you expecting them to do? Old Sean Connery line from The Untouchables What are you prepared to do? Right. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. What do we want them to do? What we decided we found is our COO, Melissa, she loved to write work orders. I mean, and that's how her and I got together and started is I was, uh, I'm a monkey flinging poo against the wall. I mean, I'm going right. as fast as I can. Give me 10 work orders. I'll get, get them done, get them sold, get them out, go, done, done. I'll, I'll call 10 people. Give me 20 minutes. I've got them sold. We're right. Done. We're done. We're good. Right. She would actually write all the work orders so I could look at it. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Massage the number for about two seconds. Hello, Mrs. Jones. This is Bill from Adams Auto Works. How you doing? Right. We're done. Yeah. 
click the button. Melissa will order all the parts. Magically, the parts show up in an hour. The mechanic goes and gets the jobs done. I'm already down the road selling the next right. set of jobs. And that's where we kind of figured out, oh, okay. So then when we moved into the big store and Cecil got done kicking me, we hired, I hired uh, two top-notch uh, salespeople, service advisors. Mm-hmm. We turned one. This is another great story. She was my CSR, my customer service representative. Okay. We got her from a grocery store mm-hmm. because everybody loved her. In our town. Everybody knew her. Everybody loved Becky. She's also a Ratchet and Wrench Service Advisor of the Year. That's awesome. Yeah. First woman to be Service Advisor of the Year. Wow. I think she's the only one that's been that. Uh, she, she only did $1.9 million last year. Holy cow. Yeah. In the triangle offense. But Becky, she, she was the produce manager at the local grocery store. Mm-hmm. Until she got to a certain, women of a certain age in that industry. They just decide to wipe out the whole department and go get a bunch of 18-year-olds and start over. Right. And she started there at 18. She was not 18. And, you know, 20-year in her career. And found out through a friend that she needed a job. And I said, well, come on. She said, well, I don't know anything about cars. I said, perfect. Yeah. I said, you know people? She goes, yeah. Okay. Started off as a CSR for a couple of years. She'd answer the phones for me. I taught her how to answer phones. And it was just beautiful. We opened up the new store. I brought her into the office and I said, hey, um, you know, we're going through a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of times. I said, I got good and bad news. And she goes, okay. I said, now you've been through this before. And she's like, oh, no. I said, yeah. I said, I'm eliminating your job. I'm sorry. She said, is that the good news or bad news? And I said, well, that's the bad news. She goes, okay, what's the good news? I said, I'm making you a service advisor. <laughs> You're going to make me do what you do? I went, uh-huh. I don't know how to do that. I said, yeah, you do. Right. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. First commission check she got. And she was always paid well. Right. But now she's, you know, I don't know what she did, probably 40 or 50 grand that week. Right. And we had a pretty robust plan for our folks. It was a very good paycheck. And she, I handed it to her. You know, normally it comes in the mail, but she'd never seen this. So I handed it to her. I said, hey. I said, who said you can't do it? Yeah. And she looked at it and she's about all of, you know, four foot nine. She looks like Sally Field from the Flying Nun. If you could picture that. <laughs> she looks up at me, see a little tears start to come up in her eye and her hands start to shake. And she says, I've never had this much money in my hand at any one time in my life. Oh, wow. Single mom, mother of two. Yeah. Changed her life. Just changed her whole family tree. Yeah. And now, you know, she's poster child for a lot of other women that are in the industry now. But the triangle offense has allowed her to do what she does, which is talk to people, solve the problem. Mom comes in with a problem. Hey, I got to get my car done, blah, blah, blah. Becky will take care of them. Great. Car will go through the shop. DVI comes through. The uh, estimator team picks it up, writes it up, clicks the button, and through the magic of our SMS system, Becky sees it, looks at it, might massage a number or two, calls the customer, done. Clicks the button again, parts magically show up in about an hour and the car gets finished. Right. That's the triangle offense. So we're not waiting until three o'clock in the afternoon. Everybody gets to go potty. Everybody gets to have lunch. Are you are you hiring parts people for the estimator position? Who are who are you hiring for that position? People that can do puzzles. Okay. Uh, people that like people that are linear thinkers. Um I like service advisors. I like X mechanics 
in that job too, because, well, I want to get this part and that part. Great. Just get them. Here's your, I, as long as you give right. me 62% GP, I don't care what you do. Boop it out. Right. And okay. So, but what we've had to go through that position is um, folks that really love to put together the estimates. They yeah. like to put them together and that's their strength. That's their strong point. And boom, 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 they get it done. They know where to get their parts. They know who to go to. They know what vendor they use. They know what fluids they need to get. Because the advisor, you know, talk about, you know, you talk about, uh, we see a lot of this with uh, um, um, athletics. Here, this, the fast twitch, especially the football players, the fast twitch muscles, fast twitch muscles. I started studying our sales team and how many times they would do the fast twitch when the phone would ring or the fast right. twitch when something would come up on their screen. Somebody that's writing a work order, they can't have fast twitch. They need to have long twitch. They need right. to have the slow being able to put it together methodically, systematically, with a purpose to get to the end. Give the customer the best job for the best amount of money so everybody wins. Get the right labor on the tag from the right source. All that fun stuff. The estimator puts it together. If he has a question, I don't have a service advisor. How many, how many folks out there have seen the, the service advisor run out in the shop? Phones are ringing. Interrupt a mechanic. I, I need to know if it's a four-wheel drive. Yeah. I, I want to throw freaking rocks. I mean, oh. Or um, is it a 17-inch wheel? Or you Ford, Ford brakes. Is it a seven-lug or a six-lug? You're like, just shoot me in the face. Right, because it kills a ton of time. It till and and it just throws the whole process. Oh off. my gosh, yeah. And we're wondering why we can't get stuff done. Yeah, we're wondering why we're only doing you know an hour and a half a car instead of three hours a car. We're wondering why our AROs are three hundred bucks instead of at a thousand bucks. Right. It's that. Let your salespeople sell, turn them loose, and yes, there's an expense that 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 estimator costs as much as a service advisor if you're doing it right. Okay, but they might not be. They might be a retired service advisor or, and folks out there, I know you've all seen this, but sometimes the mechanics, when they get up to my age with a few gray hairs or no hair, their body may not work so well anymore, but they know everything. Right. But they suck as salespeople. They always have and they always will. Yeah. And there's very few mechanics that really transition to be good service writers. It's a different set. The, The person that's a good estimator is a lot like a good mechanic. They're plotters. They think they're linear. They're more of an engineer mind. Right. So that's, that's kind of the secret to our success. And we've, we've taught that with any, anytime you get a store of volume and I say anything above a million and a half, if you go to that system, it works, whether it's one advisor versus one estimator. And then when you hit that 2 million mark, you can go to the two advisors with one estimator. When you hit about three and a half, $4 million, you need two and two. Okay. But or three and two, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a formula and it, it really works. So who dispatches in your shop then? Um, it, well, it depends. We have shops, you know, we got one shop that's got 14 people and we got two shops that have between three and five people, depending on what we got going on. Okay. Um, the smaller shops, we still run the estimator model as much as we can. Okay. And with the beauty of remote, um, SMSs, I could be sitting in my house, fifty miles away from one of my stores. I see that a car got estimate or car got uh, checked out. The DVI's done. I see that the uh, manager's on the phone talking to two people, and I'll send him a Slack message saying, "You want me to write that up for you?" Right. Uh, yes. Okay. Great. 
about two minutes later, send it back to him. There you go. He's now selling that thing. Right. Instead of wondering. And in the back of their mind, as a salesperson, in the back of your mind, if you've always got pressure on the back of your mind that you've got to get something else done that's going to take you away you from selling. You become distracted. You're never going to win. You're never going to win. So it's, that is, it's the beauty. And I'm seeing guys that are really breaking out of the, I've got a really cool shop that's really a job model, to having a really good business where you can step aside from it and watch it run. Right. Yeah, you, you can, I've seen guys beat the crap out of their service advisors. We're not getting the GP. We're not getting this. We're not getting that. They have no chance to. Right. You wonder why service advisors go, hey, you know what? I'm done. Or, you know, I'm going to go to the dealer. Or, uh, you know what? I'm going to go work for so-and-so because they have no chance to win. And we grind them up. We don't need to. Yeah, I There agree. is another way to do it. Now, do you have to get, and this is, goes back to what Cecil and, and Greg taught me, is get out of your own way as the owner mm-hmm. and let them run. Okay. Let those people run. Because once you get to that certain level, you start to get the inertia. And we've all heard the flywheel stuff about, hey, as soon as you get the flywheel moving, keep it going. The hardest right. thing to start is a stop train. So your your estimator then orders your parts, right? They make the estimate. Mm-hmm. Estimator estimator will uh, normally write up the work orders off the DVI. They'll be the one that will interface with the technician most of the time if they have a question on parts. Now, when it comes back to dispatching, we use a protractor, uh, our shop management system. We've customized it to where we flag each each car. The technician might have five cars, one, two, three, four, five. We have flags to sell to all the client, tell the, uh, the technician when the parts are going to show up or if the parts are there, car's ready to go because no car comes in the shop unless the parts are all sitting there. Right. We do Correct. not ever let a car sit. And I know some yeah. guys are like, well, I got, you know, BMW, don't care. Uh, yeah. I got Mercedes, not. don't care. It goes out. It yeah. absolutely goes Get out. Get it the flip off the rack. Yeah. I don't care. It's a Sprinter van. Put the wheels on. Yeah. Drag it outside with a forklift. Don't care. Whatever you got to do. It's yeah. got to go back outside. Yeah. And you got to, because only th- we sell one thing. We sell time. Yeah. We sell time. So we got to keep those racks turning and burning. So the estimator, yeah, they'll get the parts there. They'll get the parts coming. Um, our system, we do have, because we have seven techs in our big shop, we have a shop manager, mm-hmm. and his job is to play 3D Tetris or 3D chess. And okay. he's staying two, three steps ahead of each technician, knowing what's there, what's coming in, what's not coming in, parts, parts delays. So that's kind like of that. the dispatch role in the big shop then. He handles the dispatch role where the smaller stores, which is your traditional shops, they'll, uh, the store manager will do that, or the technicians, they'll know, okay, I've got 12 cars coming in today. He's got six. I've got six. They're all lined out one through six. We know that car needs to be done today. That car needs to be done tomorrow. It, it's process procedure. And it all comes back to the ballet of who's selling it, when are the parts showing up, yeah. when do we get the car in the air, communication, communicate, communicate in the triangle, the triangle offense between the sales, the shop, and the estimator or manager. And it works with a small store, it works with a big store, it works with the monster stores, it works with remote service advisors, it works with on-site work service advisors. I got a, a buddy of mine, uh, Dave Tool, Tool's Garage, a lot of people know him. Um, we both kind of kicked around this idea because we both have you know three stores. We're both in the Bay Area. And he's got a guy that, phenomenal estimator. Oh, my God. Kicks probably the best I've ever seen. Right. He does it in his bunny slippers sitting in his house <laughs> for all of three of his shops. That's pretty cool. And David, maybe you should do that job. It, it, it's a phenomenal position that a lot of the industry is just now. You know, I've shared it with a bunch of shops, and it's starting to catch on some traction. Because guys that are doing it are like, oh, 
why didn't we think of this? Like, yeah. Uh, it was at, for us, it was out of necessity. And we kind of figured out, you really love doing that. I really love doing this. I really am not good at that, even though I'm lying to myself saying I'm a good parks person. I'm not. I suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, so when you, we talked about money a little bit. Mm -hmm. When you look at the percentages, how does this play out on paper, right? Because a lot of, you know, some consultants say, well, you know, you, you shouldn't have over 10% in, in fixed employee cost. Or, mm -hmm. you know, how does that play into this? What, what are you seeing? That's a uh, probably a whole other podcast. Okay. But the numbers are the numbers, and accounting is a language of business. It doesn't lie. It's yeah. black and white. So, yeah, if you want to keep it between 15 and 20% for your sales side, that, is, that needs to include your sales team, including your estimator. Okay, so you're including it in that. Oh, yeah. That's, Did you say 15 to 20% for your sales team? Sales team, right. Okay. For and that I guess that would also that also includes our management staff too. So that's that's all on top of that. So so fifteen to twenty percent for your estimator, sales team, manager, mm -hmm. twenty to twenty five on techs, mm -hmm. and then twenty for parts. Yeah, that's where you have that money. How you however you want to play it, if you want to morph skill sets into the best, who's got the best person for that job somebody might be a six-figure parts person because they make it rain okay they make it so instead of you're making 55 gross profit you're making 63 percent gross profit that's real money yeah we only eat gross profit right it's not a matter of their top line revenue it's a matter of gross we eat gross profit so. so you're relying on on them driving down your cost of parts to 15 no, 12? no, no, no. Well, I wish, but no, <laughs> golly, that'd be awesome. Under 20. Yeah. 20 to 25 is where we always normally see it on. Okay. That includes tires and batteries, but, um, okay. But so now this is 20 to 25. Okay. But now, now you're sitting on 60% of your GPs eaten up. Mm, no, cause we're, 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 we're traditionally running right around between 58 and 63%, depending on the month in the store. Well, I understand that, but I'm saying that's 58 to 60 percent after parts and technician. Are you including your your? No, no, sales you're, you are correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so comes at this point, yeah, sales, 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 yeah. sales so staff, sales staff, and management are below 40, the line. Yeah. yeah, you're at 40 ish percent mm -hmm. left over. And traditionally, it's 30 percent for overhead. Are you at 20 percent, 25 percent overhead? Yeah, 25 to 30 really is. The numbers okay. don't lie. It just depends on what bucket you put them and in. And so uh, at the end of the day, then you're, you're easing up everybody's or you are specializing their duties in order to drive that top line number. Yep. And then eventually, obviously, 10% of 4 million is better than 10% of a million. Yep. Or. And no handling on your part where you're. You're absent. I can you sit here and do a podcast with you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, well, you, you can sit here and do a podcast and not do any. You could be flat broke and, hey, and no, do I, podcasts. I, I, I've, I've done that. Yeah. But it, well, 
you know, I talked to Mike Allen the other day, and and that was one of the things that we talked about. Is he said, "Look, I want to I want to build wealth for my family, but I also want to be able to have a life, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't want to be in the shop every day. I don't want to be in that management position every day. I'm, I'm looking for ways and tools to be able to build that. So it kind of sounds like what you're doing here. It is, and and you know, that was one of the things Mike said. Is he's like, I'm willing to take less net to put the good people in place that allow me to be, yeah, as yeah, all that works though. Once you get to a top line, to a certain top line revenue number, yeah, yeah. there's a there's a breakthrough part. Yeah, there's a there's a threshold because yeah, you, you get underneath get- that number. I don't I don't care what you think you've contrived. Like seven hundred fifty thousand, like you were saying, seven hundred fifty thousand in top line revenue. Like you're not hiring. That's you. Yeah. You yeah. are the estimator slash salesperson slash CSR slash toilet cleaner toilet cleaner <laughs> slash chef. It has to be washer. you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't you can't make that work. Now you get to two million and the numbers. You get, you get to one point two, and if you do the math, you do one point two. You can hire that next six figure person. That if you hire the right person and you give them the get them the six right six figure, they can do it. The numbers work. Look at tight. It, it, it is. It, it is you, tight. You, it's tight, but uh, you at this point now you are really watching those expenses because that overhead can get ugly if you're sitting on I don't know seventy five thousand dollar hunter machine payments and the yeah. uh, the yeah, I'm making fun of you and oh, yeah. the uh, the lease is a little too high. <laughs> well, I'm saying all that work. Yeah, that, no, I, I you get can it. you can pay for that at four million. It's a little hard, harder when you're at 1.2 and you're like, my, st- my small stores don't have $70,000. Yeah, that's, that's my, my $4 point. million dollar store has a brand new one we just put in the ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we flush mounted that, but it's a $90,000 machine. Guess right. what? It's going to be paid for in about six months. Right. Yeah. You got the volume to do you it. Got the volume to do it. Now, the one point where I'm saying at 1.2, you know, it's you know, go back to Star Trek. It's when you, you go to warp drive, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. You talk about the flywheel. It's when that inertia finally gets going. Yeah. But yeah, before that, you know, it used to be the $700,000 shop. Now I think it's a $1.2 million shop where you finally can break through, hire that next person that can almost take the place of you as an owner or as the top line person where you can start looking to how do we get this thing to two? Because up until that point, it's a slug. It's a 10 to 12 hour a day freaking slug. You are in the middle of it. Oh, no, 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 no. I have people tell me the first million's easy. It's that one million to two million that's really hard. Hmm. And I <laughs> Okay. I, I've had several people tell me this. Several people tell me this. It's absurd, of course. They're idiots. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, we, the problem, we love you guys. Uh, the problem I, I would say is to get from that one to two, every single every single person I've ever met. That can't get to that two million is it has the entire shop revolve around that. They're the hub. That they're yeah. the hub. You Every have, single one of them. That's what I'm saying. You got to take that six figure. And, and I'm just using a number for California. Yeah. That's even a low number for California where I'm at. Yeah, that makes sense. You have to be able to. You have to hire that quality of a person and say, "Hey, you're here to be the hub. You're here to, you know, in a couple of my stores, I've got chef, cook, bottle washer, managers that are absolutely freaking world changers. Yeah." But we also support the crap out of them with our two executives. Where and we also watch, you know, we have systems in place, we have sure. software in place. We're completely paperless across all of our platforms. There's no yeah. paper. Okay. 
we see we're watching constantly. We're even moving to a different uh, different platform that we won't mention on this on this podcast because somebody will get butt hurt. But to be fully cloud based, where we can see stuff even faster and in, in more of a real time, yeah, um, that'll even help us out and smooth the estimating process out even more. If we get another 15 percent efficiency, everything we have now it's beautiful. Where yeah, use a Trump, it's beautiful. Um, only thing we're paying for right now is parts. Yeah. The buildings are paid for, the technicians are paid for, insurance is paid for, lights are paid for, everything's paid for. Yeah. And so now all we got to pay for is the parts. Go hang them. You get to that spot where you can start just adding gas to it, adding efficiencies, and you're like, oh, now I see how Gossel does it. Now I see how some of so these guys do it. So what are you doing? And I like, completely understand where, where you're coming from, but... It, the complexity and the intricacy of the vehicle. Is it going to force you or are you considering that it might force you to slow down your entire process? No. That's are you kinda, dismissing it or you haven't considered it or you've considered it and said, nah, I'll be fine. I consider it every day. It scares me to bring five of my technicians here to Ogden, Utah at the cost of well, thousands of dollars. To so they're going to come in here and the guy is going to step up, up in front and say, I don't care if you're even doing an oil change because if you have to drop that bottom pan, you mm-hmm. might you might have to do an ADOS calibration. Yep. That means that every vehicle that comes in that you used to account for, again, you just said, I got to turn that bay because mm-hmm. we sell time. Okay. So now that 30 minutes is now going to be 35 minutes because I got to take five minutes and mm-hmm. read through SI every single car, yep. every single time. Yep. It, how are you mitigating that? Great question. It's, I want to say with fear and loathing, but fear and trepidation, it's how do we stay ahead of it knowing that there's no such thing as an oil change anymore? There's no such thing as a quick wheel alignment anymore. Yeah, right. My 24-year-old son is our number one alignment guy. He's also our best ADAS guy, and he's been to one ADAS hunter class. How yeah. did he do it? Bubba Cooter on YouTube, figuring the crap out. Yeah. We also have given him enough space. And you know, I've got guys from 20 all the way to 65 years old working on cars. I've got 14 mechanics. Mm-hmm. We're all paperless. Everybody's all technologically geeked up. And some guys are slow like me when it comes to tech. Some guys are awesome. But... Being able to leverage technology, being able to go, where do we go to find the answers to help us improve our efficiencies? That's where we have to stay up on our training. If we're not training, if we're not staying ahead of it, if we're not looking down the road. Also, I think it also comes from leadership and from owners and from managers, from consultants. You can't be afraid of the future because the clock doesn't stop. It's tick, 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 tick. So is this... I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm entirely incompetent about just about everything. But I hear that information, okay, the information that these guys are going to disseminate. And in my estimation, it stops being about necessarily efficiency. It stops being, not, not that you are entirely inefficient, but I'm no longer counting minutes, I'm looking at how much revenue can I get out of each vehicle and realistically how many vehicles are we having to juggle mm-hmm. 
it, it becomes the model shifts a little bit. I'm adjusting that way because I think that's the only, in my mind, the model that you're running has been wildly successful for you and a lot of shops, right? Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, this inf- influx of technology that is critical to safety, just something like battery EVs, right? right. They don't double check and make sure that, that that thing's powered down. They Now you've killed somebody right. or the thing catches on fire and everything goes up in mm-hmm. flames. And it's because, well, I only had 15 minutes to do that inspection. It's because it's 15 minutes or I start to lose money. Is, is it a shift in the way we do things on a daily basis or are you looking at it from that aspect or are you like, well, I still need to maintain efficiency in, in the amount of time I can allot for A, B, and C, but I'm going to shift how I charge. How are you approaching that? You just hit from it. A- you have to look at it from a different level of abstraction. You have to, and this comes back to ownership. If you're down in the weeds, if you're down in the trees, you're yeah. going to run into one. You have to get above the trees. You have to, and just what you're doing, you're taking a general's look at it. You're looking at the whole battlefield. You have to know that you're going to have some folks that are going to be doing relatively quick services and stuff that's going to be you know, your bread and butter. Great. You know what that's going to make you. You also know that you've got a bunch of check engine lights coming off for random different issues. Okay. Is your, I don't know if it's going to say a, an amount, but we won't. You're your high-end A super tech big brain dude, your 12-pound mm-hmm. brain, most expensive guy in the shop, most least efficient guy in the shop. It's what it is. They have to be able to balance each other out. If you can build a shop that can um, allow for that to happen and allow for growth too, you know, our younger, some of our younger guys that are more tech savvy are even helping some of the big brain dudes change the way they think. And it's a different level of abstraction. It's, it's a yes and. We also have to not remember that if you're selling a cheap oil changer, you're selling a cheap alignment, fine, it's marketing. That's not business. That's a marketing cost. Right. Your effective labor rate has to be X. Your gross profit has to be Y. Otherwise, you're going to make Z, which is zero. Yeah. You have to be able to balance that out. And if you're down in the weeds as an owner, you're going to wake up one day, there's nothing in your bank account, and people are calling you looking for money. You've got to get above it. I've got guys in the Bay Area now, independent shops charging 300 bucks an hour. They have to because we're paying people to live there. Yeah, San Francisco is a, a yeah, whole different world. If, but I, if I move it back to North Carolina, maybe they're charging two. Because the effective labor rate, when you balance out that $39 oil change, when you balance right. out the discount alignment, it, the effective labor rate is a number that I, I don't see a lot of guys looking at. That so where a, you're, you're mixing, though, you're mixing talent in differing pay scales. Yes. I'm looking at it from, I'm not mixing pay scales. I want three, four, five Big brain guys. Wow. Okay. In the same shop. In the same shop. Most dealerships with 60 guys don't have five guys that do that. I steal the ones from each then, dealership and then I you, Then you they should can be deal with the that. premier <laughs> technologically super savvy. Maybe you're charging $350, $400 an hour. Okay. You would think that. But here's the problem. They equate what I do and the shop, I'm not, not you, 
not you. But the shops that carry four lubies and one guy that can do the timing belt, <laughs> they think that we are the same. And we are not. We're not. Okay. So I I come at them and go, hey, I'm three fifty an hour. Mm-hmm. It's a seven hundred and fifty dollar charge diag charge for me to even start touching your car. Something like ADOS, perfect mm-hmm. example. The way I charge for ADOS is each individual system component is calibrated separately and has its own charge, own time, own charge. That's just the way it is. I'm gonna do blind spot, and depending on service information, because we check. I might have to do blind spot and then the front radar and, oh, I right. just needed the front radar. It's like, I don't, it doesn't matter. I, if this says start with blind and right. then do radar, I can't separate them. So you're paying for two services, not just one. Um, they're intertwining, whatever. So if I'm going to have three or four, now it becomes a, how do I make the math work? Mm-hmm. Well, I, f- I set a fixed cost on my technicians so I'm going to pay them X, Y, and Z, and uh-huh. that dollar amount is going to be fixed. Correct. And now rather than saying I'm going to have this many lubies and this many B guys and this many A guys and this many C guys, mm-hmm. now I'm looking at I've got to bring in this many C-level cars, this many B-level repairs, and this many A-level problems every week, every month for me to spread the workload out to be able to get X amount of revenue in at this percentage to make my numbers work. And again, you are creating a beautiful mosaic of a complex shop that you know, I have one of those. And I have my smaller shops, which would be your traditional chef cook bottle washer shop or your three to five person shop. B guy, you might have a C guy and a manager, maybe a parts person. That's your traditional shop in America. What you're describing, if you're having four brain surgeons even if you look and i also i i steal i try and steal genius everywhere i can find it um i have a couple of really good folks that i become friends with that are top-end surgeons and run top-end surgical centers in san francisco bay area i had a knee replaced about six years ago and i I, i'm an efficiency guy i'm a systems guy and i'm going in with a busted knee this guy actually designed the knee that's in my body right now. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, but that wasn't the thing. Out of this whole deal, it was a $250,000 knee. Mm-hmm. got to see the actual cost they charged my insurance. He spent 15 minutes with me. Yeah. I know he made probably a hundred and a half. Right. He didn't have LVNs. He didn't have anything below a seasoned RN. And when you walked into his office, you felt, smelt, and could taste the how you are going to be treated, which is Nordstrom level above. Yeah. And, okay, we're going to need to get you signed up because now we know exactly what we're going to do. And all the prep work is leading up to the 15 minutes that that brain surgeon spends with you. Yeah. And he comes in. You're half doped up. He's looking at you. You've already spent 30 seconds with him telling you he's going to get a new knee. He's writing on your knee, going to cut here, going to cut there. He's looking at you. Okay, great. He's literally in you for 15 minutes. He's cut, yeah. chop, boom, bang, done. He's out. Yeah. I remember I was sitting in the recovery room, and I'd just woken up. And I look up in dark room. I look down. It's like, 
oh, I got a catheter in me. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and my legs all, you know, they got, got the big, uh, big yeah. thingy on it. Mm-hmm. You know, not a cast, but the big, uh, what do yeah. call it, the wrap on it. Um, and lady walks in. She knew that I had woke up. Dark room. So I right. knew they had to have a camera in there. She knew I woke up. She looks at me. She goes, how are you doing, Mr. Adams? And I'm still half dope. And I went, She walks over and she moves me at least two to three millimeters. And I went, oh. She goes, better now? And I looked at her. I said, how did you know to do that? She goes, that's my job. Yeah. I went, I'll never forget that. Right. Three millimeters. Right. She knew that. Yeah. About the brain surgeon. Yeah, yeah. She was the people that handle the CSRs for them. So you're talking to these other shops. Here's my concern. Mm-hmm. Shop owner is is listening to this, and he's sitting at six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and he's going, "I'm, I'm going to follow the, I'm going to flood the market with cheaper oil change and oil alignments, bring a bunch of cars in there." I'm going uh, to, uh, I'm going to do the 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 whole thing and uh-huh. present, try to build a relationship, and I, mm-hmm. and you, maybe they'll sit down and do the the whole. And I think it takes six visits before mm-hmm. we understand each other, mm-hmm. and I believe they can do that whole thing. Yeah, and good, bad, or indifferent. But my concern is that if they, if they are now starting on a journey that's well, that's shown proven to be to be very successful. They're now starting on a journey to try to emulate what you had in some of the, in, in a couple of your shops there, where you have a mix of C, B, A, and you're just, you're trying to keep trying to break out. You're mm-hmm. trying to keep the, the momentum moving. You're trying mm-hmm. to keep those, those bays producing mm-hmm. revenues. Got to come in and out right. every single day. The car's got to go. Car's got to go. They're trying to build that. Over the next year, two years, three years, they're mm-hmm. trying to build that model. Mm-hmm. Now you are well established and at least have the revenue that you know what. If tomorrow all of a sudden I've got a shift and I got to bring in two more A level guys in each one of those two stores, you can afford it. You can market for it. You can. You're the the six hundred pound gorilla in the room. You can absolutely do that in your market tomorrow. You can make the shift. Those guys will be starting the momentum towards that, trying to get to that one point two, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they hit that brick wall where, oh crap! Like I just caused an accident because that ADOS system went haywire. Well, why did you not check? Well, it was just an oil change. It's mm-hmm. like hold on now. Well, that year make a model. It was here for twenty four ninety seven oil change, right? For a full synthetic, uh, and you're like, yeah, I understand that, but service information. I understand, but I only pay 0.3 to my flat rate tech to do that oil change. Why are you paying your flat rate tech? <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's we a whole other conversation. But yeah, it, we get Troy Kaplan in is, here to talk about it, that. Are, are we doing a disservice to 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 push that model and say that model is the way? Or I, I don't have the right answer. Here. I'm just trying to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm questioning somebody. I feel smarter than I am. It's okay. That, we all do. We get behind a mic. We get really smart. <laughs> I, I'm. How, how do you how do you view that shift? How are you specifically for other shops? Mm-hmm. Because I think you're you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I haven't been fine. I've been broke. I've been that guy. 
No, I understand that, but you, you at this point you're have a hump, proven yeah. model. Now you you like I if you you were you were talking about going to other parts of the country looking to buy shops. Oh yeah, you buy a shop in North Carolina, you have a model that you're going to put in. Yep. Yeah. And it may not necessarily be I'm going to have three or four A level techs, and they're all going to get paid a base salary, and you're gonna you have a specific model that requires you to bring in so many cars oil chains they only mm-hmm. take so much time this that and the other and all of a sudden this wave of technology because again it's not even uh, we're switching from carburetor to fuel injection we are oh, changing gonna go there. Yeah. propulsion entirely yeah. so now this the the oh i'm not an electrical guy i'm sorry that's like saying I'm not an engines guy and you right. work on engines. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense. The yeah. the electricity is what moves the car. Yep. So everybody has to be an electrical guy now. But we're, you didn't bring electrical place. guys. That you <laughs> you just bought this shop and you right. put in a C, B, A. Your A is pretty good with electrical. B won't touch it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're not we're not hanging we're not hanging parts anymore. Nope. The brakes don't need to be done. But every hundred thousand, they need to be checked. Every hundred thousand or whatever, right? You may have to do a fluid here or there. Mm-hmm. So C guy's gone because there's no lube anything now. There's a few fluids you have to check and maybe mm-hmm. service, but that's it. There's gonna be a fancy machine that'll do it for you. So the B guy is teetering whether he needs to even be there. We need the A, but the A all of a sudden has to be able to do EPROM work or whatever. So I mean, what what do you tell those guys? scale up as fast as you can because it's coming and you need to be ready or you know that's a great question again we're we're back looking at you know being in the trees or being above them sure you got to know what type of shop you're going to run yeah you talk about going back to north carolina i'm going to say brandon harrell yep brandon was a parts guy yeah brandon inadvertently fell into buying a bunch of stores brandon and i are good friends He's at what? 10 super successful. Super successful. Brandon has a freaking model. Guess what? His model looks a lot like mine. Very similar. He understands how many cars he has to get and what the mix is. So he knows that he can be successful. And it can be a five or six person shop. It could be a 20 person shop. How you make that? Is it cookie cutter? No. You also have to be able to play to your strengths. If you don't have an ATEC, yeah, then you got to really be smart as an owner and know that what you're not going to touch. Yeah. Um, I had a shop that we bought. We bought it in COVID. Their ATEC, and when COVID hit, when they were basically told to go home, he said, you know what? I'm going to get out of this. I'm moving yeah. out of the PRC. I'm moving down to Louisiana. I'm going to go get me a shrimp boat and fix Mercedes. So he's working at Mercedes-Benz of New Orleans, making buku six-figure dollars. Yeah. Has himself a beautiful boat. And that shop was left with a really solid B-Tech who's here. Uh, going to be training going through. Because in the last year and a half, guess what he's had to learn? Is I've been force feeding him with a fire hose. Yeah. And he's smart. Wants to do it. Yeah. Great. Do never. And my, my thing is, I'll never fault you for making a mistake. Don't ever let it out of the shop. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's, that, that's my 100%. problem. 100%. I'm the, I'm the owner. Yeah. Now, if I'm sitting, I'm paying you three-tenths of an hour to go do the check engine light, get it diagnosed, or I'm training you three-tenths of an hour, that's the owner's fault. Yeah. That's And that's where you go back to a Cecil or you yeah. go back to an ATI. Whoever your coach is holding you accountable not to be a stupid idiot. Yeah. It's the owner's fault. It's always the owner. 
other's fault yeah. because we allowed that crap to happen. Yeah. Conversely, a lot of us, they get into that six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar shop. They get to that spot. Okay. I, I made a hundred grand last year. Cool. Now again, we're back to Sean Connery. What are you prepared to do? Yeah. Do you want a job or do you want a business? Cause you now have to make a decision. Are you going to invest in the technology? Yeah. Are you going to accept that? Oh, we're not fixing carburetors anymore. We're on fuel injection. Or, oh, I guess this disc brake thing is here to stay. Yeah. Or, oh, I guess that computer thingy in the car. Yeah. All right. I guess that MC solenoid, I guess we've got to figure out how to make that work. Um, oh, what's that? The Cadillac converter? What? What? Yeah. What's that thing? We've gone through different evolutions. We're going through a huge evolution now that's also going to probably change the industry again. Yeah. We had COVID that took out 20, 25% of the shops in the country. We're seeing consolidation. We're seeing technology. We're going Did to it really? 30. 20, 25%? Where'd you get that number? That can't be right. Is it? I think it's even worse. That's crazy. I mean, we didn't, I don't think we lost anybody around us, but. Well, no, I don't think we lost. I, I think a lot of shops lost employees because they shut down. We didn't. We, we stayed open, but. I think a lot of shops stayed, but they, yeah, they opened I, back I want to say it's a triple A number, but there was a lot of consolidation, a lot of consolidation, especially in, especially in collision collision solved. Collision is a different animal now. Yeah. Yeah. Boom overnight. Yeah. And you know, it was at Rahm Emanuel. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not my favorite type of dude, but reality get above the trees and look at it. Yeah. Oh, there's opportunity here. I picked up a shop that never did more than 700000 The guy was making good money all his life, owned the property. All of a sudden, he's making 400000 yeah. I need to get out. I look at it and went, okay. We ran our model through it. Here's what it's worth. It's not worth anything. You're right. It's not a it's not business with the property was probably worth $8 billion. And you know what? <laughs> Again, back to the ownership. Yeah. How can we both succeed here? Yeah. Your business isn't worth anything. I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah. But you have a piece of property in the middle of the most affluent area in the flipping world. Yeah. And they're all driving cars. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to, and I have a, I have a, I have a model that will work. Yeah. So we went in there, we took the same team and now they're doing $1.2 million. Nice. Next, the same team the next year. Nice. With just our, and it's not rocket science. I'm not a sharp guy. I only do one or two things really well. <laughs> It took Cecil and a couple other good guys to kick the crap out of me, so I'm not the hub. Yeah. And yeah. if anybody hears this and going, okay, they get one thing. You can't be about you. Yeah. It's got to yeah. be about your 100%. team. 100%. 100%. got to be about your team because somebody in that room, if it's two people, somebody's smarter than you are. Absolutely. Let them run. Find out, and going back to your thing, if you got three or four Atex, oh, my God. I'm thinking $15, 20000000 million. That's what's popping in my mind because I know what each one of those guys is worth. And like a good surgeon, mm, you're thinking about you're thinking about how many hours are they turning? No, I'm no. looking at it. I'm thinking as, about how many mouths that they can feed because of all the downstream repairs that have to be done. Because you know, what that the, guy can. But feed. Sometimes you don't want that guy. You want the guy that diagnosed it. Uh, that's a sensitive repair. Uh, I better leave it to that. Person. Sensitive repairs have a sensitive guy, but he might not be the big thinker. He may be the guy that likes to sit there with a soldering iron. Yeah. Great. And it comes back to who does what well. And then as the owner, as the marketers, mm-hmm. play to that success. Yeah. If you got a brain surgeon, well, don't let them fix knees. Mm-hmm. 
You know, right. and I look at a, a B tech is an orthopedic surgeon and a tech is a brain surgeon. Yeah. They're not the same person. They fix. They don't do the same job. Exactly. They're completely different revenue streams. Yeah. Your, your C, your C person is your GP. We run our shops much like a, tr- a hospital center. We do appointments in the morning and we do surgery in the afternoon. Yeah. And if surgeries need to stay over, we flex. Everybody can do the GP work. Do I want my dollar a technician doing yeah. a service? Oh, heck no. Absolutely not. And and he sucks at it, and he knows he sucks at yeah. it. Yeah. Because he doesn't do it every day. I let Eric do an alignment one time. Oh, probably oh, killed it, you. It was miserable. Oh. It was miserable. It took him like, I don't know, four hours to do a single alignment. Because he wants to write dead on like zero. Of, of course he does. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 He's going to go even <laughs> deeper. And find out, okay, okay, okay. I got to find out that, okay, okay, I got to look at that. Uh, uh, no, 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 cross camber. No, 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 no. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. SCI is just not the way. Ah, and he'll be digging into the theory of it. Great. Now, I'm not a, it's in the green, back it out guy. I want to solve the customer's problem. Yeah. Does it pull? Do you have tire wear? Yeah. Now, if we're setting up a Porsche, that's a different animal. I'm yeah, charging $600 to change, to do the alignment on the thing. Yeah. If I'm doing grandma's Honda, we're going to set the toe, make sure the camera's right. And we're getting the hell out of the shop. Yeah. Right. Again, back to pricing. My brain surgeon is not being charged at the same rate that I'm charging for the orthopedic guy or the GP guy. But when you put it all together and it could be a three person shop or it could be a 14 person shop, the mix has to work. So the numbers come out the same because yeah. the numbers are the same, no matter if you got a three person shop or a 30 person shop. It, but yes, when the, when the, when the bigger, bigger wheels are rolling, when that wheel comes around on a $4 million shop versus a $400,000 shop, those are different numbers. Yeah. But once you break through the inertia, once you break through that line where you can start getting that inertia running and it becomes a business instead of a hobby, you're not running a taco truck. You got a couple taco trucks. You got people working it instead of you being behind there cutting the cilantro. That's where the magic happens. Otherwise you got a really cool job. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.